If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Friday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, VSEN.com, the VSEN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Gil Alexander with you on this Friday. And Elliot Bowman in the producer's chair this morning. Parlay will be back next week. Well, I'm on vacation next week. So Parlay will be in my chair Tuesday through Friday. I'm not sure who's here in this chair Monday. But uh, in for the vacationing, Jeff Parlay. Ben Wilson did Monday through Thursday. Elliot, thanks for being here. You good? We don't have his mic on, but okay. He's good. All right, here's the deal, guys, today on the show. Uh, James Salinas will join us on the show later. James Salinas, who is a VEASAN host. Uh, you may know him from having won a super contest back in the day as well. Uh, James perhaps more recently famous for trying to make a bet during the NFL draft over at Barstool in Colorado and getting not only rebuffed in terms of the amount, but then having the odds changed on him. Hundreds of thousands of people watch that video. We'll have James retell that. And today, we find out the response from gaming as we move this story forward. And you will not want to miss it. Trust me on that. Vinny Maolio joins us as well. Vinny Maliulo from behind the desk here at the South Point Hotel Casino. We'll move Vinny up a little bit to accommodate James. Jason Weingarten as well from under a cloud of smoke in Southern California. Find out all the stuff he's betting. And Drew Dinsick, a uh, emergency Drew Dinsick appearance because of game one of the NBA Finals last night. The Celtics 120, the Warriors 108. That escalated quickly. Reeves almost killed the guy. I mean, that was something else last night, which we'll get into the details more momentarily. First, let me give the uh, tennis play of the day. Um, get this out of the way. Marin Cilic is the one play today at the semifinals of the French Open in Roland Garros. Marin Cilic, who I got at plus 193 yesterday, gave it out on primetime action. It's not quite that good now. It's plus 174. It's still playable. I wouldn't let it get past plus 165, quite frankly. Actually, I kind of would. I wouldn't let it get past plus 160. He is, listen... Just like yesterday, and here, the main thing I want to point out from a betting standpoint, our Martina Trevisan pick turned out to be awful yesterday. Her level of play dropped off a cliff from previous rounds to yesterday against Coco Goff. Not only could she not win a service game, she barely could win a service point. That was just odd entirely. But it's still been a very solid tournament. If Ego wins tomorrow, which we expect he, she will, it'll be a spectacular, <clears throat> pardon me, a spectacular tournament. So only one match uh, <clears throat> take do off the scent there. But Marin Cilic today, plus 193. 
uh, against Casper Rude. Rude's 12-month clay numbers are better than Chilich's, but everything else in terms of six-month, three-month, shorter, Marin Chilich, who won a U.S. Open in 2014, he has been spectacular and at plus, currently even at plus 174, I got plus 193 yesterday, a spectacular bet to make today in the quarterfinals. Rafa Nadal and Sasha Zverev going at it right now in the other men's semi. So Marin Cilic, your tennis play of the day. As far as the game last night, oh my goodness. 120 to 108. The Celtics take a one to nothing lead in their best of seven NBA Finals series, of course, with the Golden State Warriors. Boston becomes the first team in NBA Finals history to win by double digits after entering the fourth quarter trailing by double digits. First time ever. That per ESPN stats and information. Steph had 21 in the first quarter. Steph Curry had 21 points in the first quarter. I had a, I made a bet because a buddy of mine from uh, from DC said, "Hey, should we bet Clay Thompson to win MVP?" He had heard my thoughts on it. I was like, "You want in? Sure." So we went ahead and did it because it was an 18 to one at MGM yesterday on a Clay Thompson to win MVP. That MVP ticket lasted a quarter. That's the first thing. It's done. Because Steph, Steph had 21 in the first on his way to 34. But here's the thing. Despite Steph Curry having 21 in the first quarter, the Warriors only led by four. And Matt Brown on Primetime Action, my co-host, said immediately, he goes, shouldn't you be pumped if you're a Celtics fan right now? And the answer is resounding, yes, you should be. That was a portent of things to come. Celtics outscored then in the third quarter, 38-24, to as the Warriors did their third quarter thing, which is to say crush people. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the third quarter combined to shoot two for ten from the field. And you're like, all right, Warriors going to do this. In fact, with less than two minutes left in the third quarter, the Warriors led by 15, 87-72. to You're like, Katie, bar the door. Go Dubs. It's going to be great. Nope. Then the fourth quarter happened. And the Boston Celtics outscored the Golden State Warriors by 24 in the fourth quarter yesterday. Tied for the largest point difference in any quarter in NBA Finals history. And the largest fourth quarter point differential in a Finals game all time. So tied for the biggest, the biggest point differential in any quarter in NBA Finals history. But the fourth quarter record. For point differential, 24 as they outscore the Warriors 40 to 16 in the final frame. 40 to 16, which included a 17 to nothing run against the Dubs on their home court. The Celtics in the fourth quarter were 15 of 22 from the field, 9 of 12 from behind the arc. That's just, oh my God. Did the Warriors not play defense in the fourth? Like, what happened there? Drew will give his thought on it. Drew, remember, next day, but Drew was all about betting the Celtics in five at nine to one odds. And I snickered to myself. It's looking pretty good right now. Again, Celtics, 15 of 22 in the fourth, nine of 12 from behind the arc. Golden State, on the other hand, shot only seven of 17 from the field in the fourth quarter. Celtics stopped turning the ball over in the fourth as well. They put up an absurd... 12 to 1 assist to turnover ratio in the fourth. Yeah, that'll get it done too. Warriors were three and a half point pre flop favorites. Celtics not only cover that, but get it done on the money line as well. Al Horford, 26, 9 of 12 from the field, 6 of 8 from behind the arc. 
Those six, by the way, a career high for Horford, including all four in the fourth quarter that he put up. Nothing but splash on all of them. Jalen Brown, 24-7-5. Derek White off the bench, 21. Six of 11 from the field, five of eight from behind the arc. And here's probably, you know, in addition to the Warriors only being up by four after Steph dropped 21 in the first quarter. I, I Listen, I'm a Warriors guy who has a Warriors futures ticket, but even I have to say the big headline from this game is the Celtics did all that with the reigning defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, on the bench for most of the fourth quarter. When they were doing their thing, the Celtics, when they were doing all their damage, Marcus Smart was on the bench for most of it. And beyond that, their single greatest player that most would concede, Jason Tatum, struggled throughout the entire game. He was 3-for-17 from the field. Still finished with uh, 13 assists, though, to just two turnovers. And he was plus 27, plus minus, it should be pointed out. So think about that. 3-of-17 from the field, plus 27. Without scoring a single point. Missing all three shots he took at the quarter. By the way, that plus 27 was in the fourth quarter. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. He was, plus, he was plus 27 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> That's just, that might be the single most amazing stat of any of this. Jason Tatum was plus 27 in the fourth quarter. Three for 17 from the field for the game. And then uh, it was pointed out in an article, this is not my original thought, but it was pointed out, this, it's kind of was like a microcosm of the entire Celtics season. Where they were under 500 in late January. Remember, they're the first team since the 1981 Houston Rockets to get to the NBA Finals while being under 500 at the halfway point of the season. Well, last night, it's kind of that in one game. Celtics were under 500 late January, then went. The final 35 games of the regular season just tearing through. I believe they were 26 and 6, pardon me, down the stretch, last 32, if I'm not mistaken. 26 and 6. And during that stretch, posted the best offensive and defensive ratings in the league. And now they're the first team to beat the Warriors at Chase Center in a playoff game. And let's look at the adjusted series prices. Let's put those up on the board. The Celtics swing from a dog, obviously, before game one, having won this game now and resting home court away from the Warriors. Not that home court has been a huge thing at the TD Garden. But the Celtics are now minus 175 in this series, having taken home court advantage away. Game two, by the way, not till Sunday. Game three, not till Wednesday. Oh, God. Back in Boston. Celtics minus 175. Warriors plus 150 on the comeback. And the total games market shifts to four at six to one. Five games plus 380. Six is the short shot at plus 165. Full seven games plus 180. And the correct score is right underneath there as well. Well, the Warriors sweep can't happen, so take that off the board. But that's the adjusted price now on the Celtics. Minus 175. Warriors plus 150. We'll get a... Uh, sense from Drew about that. And then there's the NBA uh, MVP market after one game. Like I said earlier, my, my Clay Thompson MVP ticket because of Steph's first quarter, poof, done, dead on arrival, DOA. That one lasted shorter than my uh, Tolua Tagovailoa Heisman ticket. Worst bet of the year 2021. This might be in terms of time that it lasted viable, the worst bet ever also. But now Jason Tatum is the short shot, plus 140. Steph remains the short shot, 
beyond that for the Warriors, and that makes sense because he had 34 in the end, plus 180. So if the Warriors came back and won this series, that makes sense. And Jalen Brown, who really had comparable stats to Jason Tatum in the Eastern Conference Finals, after his fine performance yesterday, he's 5-1. to one. Everybody else is 16-1 to one or beyond, but it should be noted Al Horford was like 90-1, to one, I believe, before the series. Smart and Horford, both 16-1, to one, and all the other Warriors are 25-1 to one and beyond. I'm not so sure they should be that short. Draymond is 40-1? to one? Yeah, right. Right. Drew Densick joins us next. He was all over the Celtics before this series, and I doubted him so. Uh, I won't be here next week, so let's have him take a little uh, premature, albeit, but a little bow for at least what happened last night. Get his thoughts on the series moving forward. Next, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's Gil Alexander still to come on the show. James Salinas on his uh, situation there in Colorado with Barstool. Uh, Vinny Maliulo and Jason Weingarten. Drew Densick, kind enough to join us for a rare Friday appearance. A brief one I'll bid here on the show. An emergency Densick segment. Uh, Drew from the uh, NBC Sports Bet the Edge and Deep Dive podcast, of course. The former with Sarah Perlman. The latter with his buddy Andy Molitor. Drew, you came on this show before the series. You're like, I got, I got the Celtics in five, man. That sure didn't do anything to dissuade you last night, did it? 
Oh, I thought we were talking about Iga Coco Golf. Final, no. <laughs> hey, before actually, since you bring it up, before we get into this in the state, do you have anything today? Did you bet Chilich or anything later? I, I bet Zverev first set money line and seeing it go down. You know the mental the mental problems with this kid, uh, the choke oh, fest that uh, choke fest. you know that 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 ensued as he was up a break and just cruising on serve, uh, and then just like utterly collapsed. And honestly, the the Zverev hist- histrionics you, you can't you could can set your your watch by it. Like you really you know, big can't. match, yes, big match, high leverage moment, uh, and he's like throwing his racket around out there because he's so lost and it's it's. It's, uh, it's tough to watch. I'm still hopeful he could pull it out in a tie break here. Um, but boy, oh boy, Rafa Nadal, does, is he 50% of the player we saw against Djokovic? Yeah. I mean, he it looks like he's seeing if he can win this match without really firing many bullets, uh, which is a good tactic because it looks like Zverev is interested in losing this match. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's he'd it, be yeah. open. He'd be open to it is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, he'd, I he'd think so. And, it. you know. When we're on the same page, I think Chilich beats Rude. I think Rude's yeah. overrated in general, and Chilich is playing at an, a superb level right now. Like I went back through history and kind of looked at some of Chilich's losses at Roland Garros, and I kind of feel like uh, an idiot not kind of giving him more credit for his clay, you know, for his slam and his clay pedigree. Like his I, losses here have been to like Vavrinka and Andy Murray yeah. and Djokovic yeah. and, uh, and Del Potro. Like he doesn't, he's not losing to, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, the guys that are kind of fringe top 10 players. He's losing to the, the, to the all time greats in general here. So I don't, I don't think um, you're alone in, in missing that. I, you know, every time here as, as the tournament went on, I would look at his numbers and I remember the first time just being like, wait, what? Let me look back at that. <laughs> I was like, how did that happen? How did I miss that? It, it really awesome clay numbers. By the way, you're going oh, to yeah. a, you're going to a first set tiebreaker, I think. So you got a shot at this here. It's going to be a sweat though, because the double faults creep in at the absolute yeah. least at least opportune moments every every freaking time with this guy. Anyway, the be- uh, yeah, I the, think the, be- uh, the beauty yeah. is, is that we'll probably know the result by the end of this segment, so we'll be able to yeah. see you react live on air. <laughs> uh, and last thing, last thing for those, because there's yeah. every one in a while, there's a couple of people who are like, "Hey, should I hedge on anything with ego?" If yeah. you're if if full nerves. Full nervousness was ten, and not nervous at all was zero. What's your What's your nerve yeah. level with Ega tomorrow? About a two. Me too. Um, one maybe, for me. One, maybe one. Maybe one. 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 Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. one. Uh, I mean, realistically, Coco Goff, very deserving. Very deserving. Roland yeah. Garros finalist. Her clay game, excellent. Her path was soft. I'll admit that. Um, but she got here without dropping a set. She's done very well this fortnight. Um, she's going to the uh, doubles final as well. I'm not sure if you saw that this morning, but she's which got is, uh, which is a throwback, Kachikova. right? Yeah, Mac- McEnroe yeah. used to do that all the time, and and it's funny for how sure. like the new schools like oh so should be should she be playing a doubles match for? Hey man, they used to do it all the time like that. Yeah, Kurchikova did it last year. Mm-hmm. Coco Goff not going to do it this year uh, in terms of winning both. I don't think. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think um, she should make a match of it. I, I'm looking at over 19 games as potentially an angle to bet there. Um, but ultimately, I think Ika gets this done in straights. There is a world where the same quality of tennis we saw from Coco yesterday against Trevisan, which I did. I thought Trevisan lost that match more than Coco won. I did frankly. too. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it's a very I odd should, performance. I say, yeah, the first three quarters of the match was Trevisan losing it. And then Coco kind of was like, oh, okay, well, cruise control now. I can yeah. play you know, a little more aggressively. And, and she put it away comfortably. But um if if the if the first half first set Coco shows up against Iga, she's losing six one six one. 
Um, and, you know, so there's a very clear range of outcomes where, you know, ego wins comfortably. Um, but I'm expecting a match there. I think it's going to be something like seven, five, six, three ish, um, ego and straights and, and probably wins by five games. I like it. I have no doubt that you will be correct. Okay. So <laughs> what's a more valid takeaway? Um, Celtics fans after the win and Celtics backers saying, Hey, look, Steph had 21 in the first, uh, we only trailed by four. Jason Tatum went three for 17. We won. Marcus Smart wasn't even on the court in the fourth. For most of it, we won. Or the Warriors on the other side saying, hey, we were up 15 <clears throat> with less than two minutes left in the third quarter. I mean, sometimes the team catches fire. That's going to happen. What's the more valid takeaway from that game? Uh, I don't think either are giving you much insight into the future head to heads between these two teams, but the latter is quite, is problematic for the Warriors. I think, um, if the Warriors are patting themselves in the back for having a, a solid lead going into the fourth quarter and then doing what they did in the fourth quarter and, and poo pooing that that's a problem. Draymond um, was, that's why I bring it up. I, I mean, I, honestly, like I, his quotes after the game made me be like, oh, so Celtics in four. I, I mean, it was, it, it was like, <laughs> that's, that's like, how you're going to lose your Celtics in five bet. They're going to yeah, win. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, if the warriors don't go back to the lab and come up with some very, very, very key adjustments, they are in deep trouble in this series. And, um, you know, they, the, the idea that the Celtics had a lucky string of shots in that fourth quarter is banana land. They were wide, wide open, open on, at, wide. Least, on yes. at least nine of those. They were like, they had six feet of without separation. And guess what? The Celtics can shoot. I'm not sure if anyone knew that, but yes, mm -hmm. the Celtics have very good shooters. If you give them wide open looks, they are going to bury those shots. And then the opposite was true in the fourth quarter. The Warriors could not get an open look to save their lives. Lives. The Celtics basically were like, Draymond Green, please shoot. We will give you 12 feet of separation. Like, you know, take whatever shot you want on this court from behind the three-point line. We dare you. And he would not do it. Similarly, uh, there was a hesitancy from, you know, a number of the other kind of role players of creating offense. And then they had four players covering Steph, you know, around the rim or at the three-point line. You know, multiple, you know, there was a there was a beautifully screened play by Draymond Green where he just wiped Jalen Brown, like, off the face of the court and, you know, so you would think, oh, wow, perfect. Steph's going to have a wide open look from three here. And then there's two other Celtics in his face with a hand, uh, you know, hands up ready to, uh, you know, block a three point attempt. So we had to pass out of it and they couldn't generate any other offense. And so if that's, you know, what crunch time is going to look like, the Warriors have a, a serious problem on their hands. I, and, I wish um, I could disagree with any of that, Drew, as a Warriors yeah. ticket holder. I, I can't. And uh, in, in one, you know, it's funny as you, you seized on one play. I want to seize on a comparison too. Remember in the Denver series, there was that sequence. I can't remember which game it was, but like Jokic was repeatedly one on one with Curry, and Curry just toyed with him, right? Yeah. Like, am I going to go past you? Am I going to drop back and shoot? Was step back and shoot? <laughs> and it was just, it was hilarious, right? Yeah. With Robert Williams, it wasn't quite that simple, was it? No, wasn't quite that simple. No, when Robert Williams on is on the floor, they can switch one through five. That is very powerful. When Robert Williams is off the floor, they have an unbelievable set of dynamic playmakers on offense. Um, and so you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, it really. And the Warriors need to – I don't even really – like the Warriors 
I haven't really had a great grasp on exactly what their adjustments look like over the balance of this season. They just seem to just like come out of halftime and flip the switch yes. and Curry plays a little harder and like the, you know, the defense hustles a little harder and that's not going to cut it. Like they need an actual tactical adjustment. They need to shake up uh, the lineup a little bit. Um, Jordan Poole really was pretty unimpre- uninspiring, unimpressive in, uh, in game one, lot made of the experience imbalance, but like the only player who looked like he really didn't belong in like a finals uh, moment was Jordan Poole, I thought. And um, yeah, the Celtics getting what they got from Derek White, unsustainable. Those were the lucky shots. Derek White's not going to continue to make those uh, just complete, uh, you know, kind of contested you know, deep threes. Um, but that may not matter. You know, they may not need it. If Tatum heats up offensively, if Jalen Brown continues to perform at that level, particularly as a facilitator, um, then, you know, the Celtics are going to continue to find their offense in this game. I would expect game two is more competitive, but I think still, if you're getting four plus four with the Celtics, then, um, you know, I, I guess the question is, is this an opportunity to, you know, we, we're, we're not going to see a close game maybe, or we, if we see a close game, it's a Celtics win. And so you're better off taking the money line because, you know, realistically, um, there are probably a lot of outcomes here where the Warriors come up with the key adjustment. They have a tactical advantage for the balance of this, uh, first, uh, you know, for this, for the balance of the second game. And they, they tied up one, one, or the Celtics come out and do it again and win it, win a close one. I think, uh, a Celtics close loss is probably the least likely outcome here, but I'm, I think I'm going to go back to the wall with Celtics money line. Can't blame you. Warriors do have that championship DNA. We'll see what they've got in them. Game two, for those of us who bet them, we're hoping that kicks in. That's for sure. Drew can't thank you enough, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the tennis. Oh, you bet. Hopefully Zverev doesn't find a way to choke this. <laughs> <laughs> sure did sing, everybody. At whale underscore capper on a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Jason Weingarten next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN summer special is here for only $39. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Next few months going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VSIN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Montobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice. Has been. He's got all his best bets all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIT experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vsin.com slash summer. Uh, Drew Densick's worst fears may be coming home to roost. We shall see. Uh, four, four set points on the racket of Sasha Zverev. He has squandered the first three of them. My goodness. We'll see if uh, Rafa can get it to 6-6 uh, six to six here in the tiebreaker. Uh, it's Gil Alexander from Under a Cloud of Smoke, ladies and gentlemen, in Southern California, the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter. Always fascinating. Follow at Spreadopedia. It's Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? pretty good how's it going i'm going i'm doing well you bet any tennis at all or you steer clear uh a little tiny bit every now and then you know sometimes i'll jump in live but uh, day to day no i don't make money betting tennis i noticed that yesterday you put out a tweet that was a uh, for you is a seismic kind of shifting tweet uh you bet you actually bet a no that a run would not be scored (laughs) in a first inning of a game, your first time this season. 
Uh, could you explain to people why that uh, gives you the willies? Yeah, I'm disgusted with myself. If, <laughs> if I tell you the truth, not not gonna lie, I uh, I was just going through the prices and the the first Yankees uh, the Yankee the Yankees Angels game yesterday, Cortez Otani. I got no minus one ten, which is a pretty good price. I mean, Chris was dealing like minus one forty. Pinnacle was dealing like minus one twenty two or something. So. I was like, all right, I'll I'll take the minus one ten because it's a price thing for me. All I care about is the price. I don't care if it's yes or no. I care that I'm getting the best price. So I went out, got the best price. Then I saw all these no score first inning touts were were touting Angels Yankees no score at like minus one twenty five or even worse prices. And I was like, okay, I know I'm I'm already sunk before this game even started. And Otani gave up first. <laughs> Uh, two first inning home runs, I think. So yeah, you know, sometimes you lose, but I can't can't. Uh, I, I could say I took the best number, but really, I just uh, I strayed from you had a my, moment, my winning ways. A moment of weakness. I went down to their level, as uh, <laughs> as right. we would say, and boy, was I disappointed with myself. I mean, yeah, God, it was ugly down there. How you feeling about Shohei right now? By the way. You know, I mean, obviously I can uh I could see what everybody else sees and going into Yankee Stadium and giving up four home runs and not doing much of anything obviously uh doesn't push him forward in any of the markets, but still a long season. I'm not gonna worry too much about one start, but it was disappointing, obviously. Uh you know, it was a big big opportunity for him to make a statement and he did not. And he did not, that is for sure. Uh, you did a piece at uh, Point Spread Weekly, and you went through MVPs, current MVP numbers, not the blind resume stuff that we necessarily did yesterday or, or two days ago, but you went through a whole bunch of candidates uh, in both the MVP races and both the Cy Young races. Give me a highlight or two from all of them. Let's start with AL MVP. Where, where might you think value lies there? Rafael Devers is playing just as well as uh, Aaron Judge, if not slightly better. Uh, <clears throat> I think there's some good numbers on him. Unfortunately, he's probably not going to be on a playoff team, which will hurt him. Aaron Judge is going to get that pinstripe premium that we talked about. So, you know, it's it's an interesting market in the AL, but I, I really think it's Otani versus everyone still. Uh, NL... Mookie Betts has kind of become the new favorite. That that could change, but his numbers were really, really strong. Paul Goldschmidt would be the the guy I would look at if I was still shopping for off market numbers. I think if you can get ten to one on Paul Goldschmidt, he's uh, playing well, uh, much better than that number. Hit streak doesn't hurt. That's for sure. I like oh, a, no. I like a good hit streak. Uh, but I am happy I grabbed some Mookie. That's for sure. This past weekend. Uh, I know it's not the best number, but in the world. But I'm just happy I have him in pocket at uh, plus four fifty, I believe it was. Uh, okay, then the, then Cy Youngs. Where did you where do you think you uncovered maybe a little something? And and have we gotten to the point? We we brought this up uh, a couple times, both on primetime and on a numbers game earlier this week. Have we gotten to the point where Garrett Cole might be? I brought it up with you, right? We we did it with a blind resume. Might Garrett? Might have we gotten to the point where Garrett Cole is the underrated guy now? Kinda, but his his main problem at the moment is Nestor Cortez is pitching so well, and even like Jameson Tyon's pitching so well. That when you have teammates that are, you know, contending for the Cy Young with you, you oftentimes end up splitting votes. And at this point, like I couldn't 
after yesterday that Nestor Cortez doesn't deserve a Cy Young vote ahead of Garrett Cole because, you know, I mean, what what has he done wrong? Nothing. Not but a, then you, you look at the entire AL pool at the moment. You got guys like Martin Perez, Tariq Skubal. There are so many guys alive. I counted like 12 guys that are alive in the AL that we could talk about. So it's, <laughs> it's is, a very deep market. How is Martin Perez still a thing? Uh, well, he was always a number one prospect. I mean, he was number one pitching prospect when Mike Trout and Manny Machado were coming up. No, just, I remember. Sometimes arms don't develop at the same the same rate. Some some guy, you know, Rich Hill didn't become a major league pitcher till he was like thirty five. Yeah, I'm just saying how many how many times did I bet on Martin Perez in the past and uh, and felt the the brunt of that. But it is so true, right? Like, and and for all these prospects we talk about who then disappear into the. You know, into the ether, we never talk about them again. Then there's the ones that just develop at their own pace. We're so impatient, right, as betters and as sports fans. But that's just the nature of baseball sometimes. By the way, Cortez, 1.50 ERA. Uh, expected ERA, 2.18. FIP, 2.49. I mean, he is he has been fortunate on the BABIP, though, right? 239. That's where, and, and you know, and the, the strand rate is 88.8, uh, you know, 88.6%. So there are some indicators. By the way, the home run to fly ball rate is 6.6%. That's why the XFIP jumps up. Still not terrible, right? Still 3.06. But there is, as great as he's been, there is some indication that he will regress, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you can't argue that, you know, if you're doing the if the vote was held today sort of thing, he would probably be a serious contender. But mm-hmm. it's not being held today. What about Ed Elsayan? Such a deep field as well. I mean, obviously the guys at the top, you got Corbin Burns, Alcantara, Joe Musgrove, uh, Pablo Lopez. Those guys all deserve their front runner status at the moment. A little farther down, Zach Wheeler, I think, had the best May of anybody. He should probably be bumped up a little bit. And then uh, if you're looking for the obligatory Dodgers pitcher that deserves to be yes. in the, the rankings, Please. I would actually go with Tony Gonsolin. Yeah. Tony yeah, Gonsolin. if you have bet Fred, there's a 80 to one stray out there. He's down to about 40 to 50. He's had four straight starts, I think six innings, uh, either zero maximum two earned runs in any of those starts. He's uh, he's been pretty elite. He throws almost as hard. Uh, I think he averages like 98 miles an hour or something on his fastball. He's he's got some very good good uh, advanced metrics. Gonsolin is almost similar with the advanced metrics to uh, Cortez, though. Like so, it's 1.59 ERA. Expected ER at 2.49. The FIP is 3.05. The XFIP is 3.50 because 200 BABIB, 6.8% home run to fly ball rate, 86.1% strand rate. So there are a couple guys where you're just like, I don't know. I don't know if you can keep it up. Yeah. But but interesting nonetheless. But yeah, you do wonder if, Cort- if the Cortezes, if you will, and the Gonsolins of the world will regress. By the way, Bet Fred, I wish there was a Bet Fred here in uh, Las Vegas. The truth is, there is one. It's at the Virgin Hotel, but they are unlicensed. So there is literally a Betfred sportsbook that exists inside the Virgin Hotel. The only issue with that, Jason, is you can't actually make a wager. How about that? Very, it's very, very weird. It's very exciting. Very Gonsolin's exciting leading the uh, the NL and, and ERA at the moment, by the way. Yeah. Gonsolin is leading the NL and ERA. 1.59, right. And Cortez is 1.50, is it, in the AL, did I just say? So, I mean, yeah, yeah these guys are, you know, the, the baseball card stats are unbelievable. 
uh, before we go to break, what is the one bet you've made in anything prior to the season starting, pre-flop, that you feel the best about? Hmm. I don't know, Julio Rodriguez, rookie of the year. Julio Rodriguez, big, rookie of the year. Big numbers there. I mean, I, I think he had his 15th stolen base of the season yesterday. He's got six home runs. I mean, well, what else do you need to do? You got past 20 counting stats on June, you know, the, the first week of June. What do you, What else do you want? Yeah. All right, we'll come back. We'll, we'll get Jason's baseball plays of the day, see what he has uh, already bet into the market, and then get his reaction. James Salinas is going to be on the show later to uh, advance this story about his uh, dispute with Barstool over the NFL draft bet that wasn't for various reasons. We'll we'll, uh, recap that story and see where it has gone now with gaming, but we'll get uh, Jason's reaction to Adam Chernoff's piece, Where is the line sports betting regulators need to act now to protect the player? How interesting that that piece comes out. And now we have something to advance the James Salinas story with. Coming back, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a homer, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the King of Sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawal free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander, Jason Weingarten, kind enough to uh, hang out for a couple segments this morning from uh, under a cloud of smoke in Southern Cali. Jason, we have some uh, we have some breaking news here. Joe Girardi has been fired by the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies 22 and 29 on the young season, a full 12 games. Out of first place, 
uh, in the NL East. By the way, they're in third place. Uh, the Mets in first, the Braves in second, the Phillies in the middle of that division, 22-29, and 29, and Joe Girardi given the door. How do you feel about that? Not expected or or pretty expected in your from your vantage point? I mean, just based on how they played this season, how they finished last season, I'm not surprised that somebody had to take the fall. I tend to kind of lean towards replacing managers doesn't change a lot. It might change, you know, some clubhouse stuff or chemistry, whatever. Maybe guys don't like them. But in general, the, the manager just, you know, makes the moves the players play. So this is mostly on the players, not Girardi. You know, they they gave Girardi a, a pretty talented set of players to uh, to work with. And it's mostly on the players here. Yeah, he's the one that takes the fall. So Joe Girardi out as the Phillies manager. Uh, at this point of the season here, just 51 games in, 22 and 29. Um, by the way, for those watching the tennis match, Sasha Zverev did squander four match points, staved off a couple, but then succumbed because, of course, he did. And Rafa Nadal takes the uh, first set in a tiebreaker and the men's semis 10 uh, 8. So Rafa on his way, trying to get to a 14th crown at Roland Garros, obviously a finals match, if he can get through today, still in front of him as well. All right, Jason, uh, before we get to your baseball picks, Adam Chernoff wrote this piece uh, at Covers, and we're going to advance the story a little later with James Salinas, but the name of the piece was, Where is the Line? Sports betting regulators need to act now to protect the player. I'm not sure if you got a, uh, a chance to to read this at all, but essentially, it is a it is extremely timely piece because... This stuff just keeps rearing its head. And the James Salinas matter was a was a bet at Barstool during the NFL draft where he went up there, he wanted to make a bet. The guy behind the counter was very chesty. Oh, we'll take anything you want. James tells him exactly what he wants. They reduced the amount of the wager that they'd be willing to take. Okay, fine. But then they changed the odds on him. And James is like, thank you very much. Give me my money. Now, we'll find out just how bastardized that story got a little later on the show. But Adam goes on to tell even worse, you know, worse stuff that's going on. There was one incident where someone deposited $500 and uh, then got immediately limited to $1.34 on each bet or something like that, where he'd have to make hundreds of bets, right, to get back his original stake. To get back his original stake, they wouldn't let him pull out the money uh, initially. And they're like, no, you're gonna you're gonna have to make enough bets here at that at that price point to even get your money back. Essentially, is what it came down to. So wouldn't even let him pull out the money he just deposited and immediately limited him. There's that. And then there was an incident of, uh, north of the border in Canada, uh, in Ontario, where betting is now legal, where there was a Canadian Football League game where where a team won, but players won their bet against the spread. It cashed. They got the money put in their account. And then they were told it was a mistake, and they got their money taken out. Now, those are extreme examples, people people would say. But honestly, we, you and I, know people who this stuff happens to all the time. The most common thing is the changing of the odds before you're allowed to make your bet. So your line is a great one, and I'll throw it to you, which is, it's like I'm doing the booking for you. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm used to that at this point. Um... It's gotten me, you know, interested in opportunities and stuff. But, uh, I mean, are, are, are these all Barstool specific? No, 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 no. Just the James okay. ones, Barstool. These are all over the place. These run the gamut. 
Okay, so I, I wasn't sure if this was a barstool be issue or just the way books are operated. I mean, books, books for the most part, you know, like I always try to tell people, you're the customer, you're not their friend, they don't like you, you know, you're taking money from them. You could be friendly with them, but it's, it's, it's their job is to take your money. This is the enemy, you know. Uh, they act like it a lot of the time. They think that. <clears throat> Being a licensed bookmaker basically gives them an opportunity to steal from their customers and treat their customers like uh, a word I'm probably not allowed to say on on live radio. <laughs> okay, but uh, none of it surprises me. It's 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 very much why most uh, most professionals and most you know high volume gamblers keep their offshores is because. We like the people we trust, and mm-hmm. frankly, half of these people running these new new books have zero experience. I mean, an entire generation of of operators have grown up without you know an ability to learn bookmaking in the United States. So, really, it just comes down to there not being enough qualified people to run this industry correctly. And you're dealing with a bunch of you know rejects and uh, social science majors and people who aren't, like I said, aren't qualified to hold these positions. Uh, most of them probably don't even actually have college degrees if I think about it. Well, you said something in there that I've been beating, which is really the bottom line on this is the, the tacit agreement, right? The unspoken agreement that is made is that with legalization would, would, would come a regulated environment that would ensure fair play that's the regular that's the regulated doesn't mean fair correct so that's what i'm getting at so that's the unspoken belief of it right that regulated would mean fair because their position had always been oh the local bookie oh the offshore oh those are the bad guys right you can't trust those people at all i mean it's an unregulated they could do whatever one now are there little points that they have that are valid? Sure. If there's a dispute with offshores, you don't have uh, a certain you know procedural thing to go through to perhaps get uh, get that thing adjudicated properly in, in your favor. But what we have dis- what we're learning, I guess, is the the upshot of this piece and the upshot of what Adam is trying to say is what we're learning is exactly what you just was chimed in with is oh this ain't fair, and as a matter of fact, it might even be less fair. And so that's the thing, right? That's cutting to the core of this. That's what is so disconcerting. And the very thing that you are, that you are uh, espousing to prevent and to get people away from offshore is the very thing you end up doing by this behavior, is pushing people towards it. Isn't that what's really the end of the, end of the story here, at least currently? Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, is a lot of the operators or people on the operator side will basically come back and say, well, they could sacrifice the 5% of us or whatever percent of us that are complaining. They don't care. You know, they just don't care about winning betters. They they would prefer that none of us bet at their books to begin with because we don't make them money. You know, they want customers who don't win and they're pretty vocal and you know, every once in a while, you catch them saying the, la- the quiet part loud. Um, yep. Isn't that the definition, though, of predatory, Jason? Yes, it is. And I mean, look, let's let's be honest here. I one day want to be a regulator. I can't think of a better job in the world than getting a government pension for telling people, <laughs> you know, how to gamble. 
<laughs> so just I personal note. want to be Jason. a California state gambling regulator one day All um, right. in the future. There it is. It's out there in the universe. Let's make it happen. What would you bet baseball yeah. today? Oh, for baseball today, um, I bet the Red Sox minus 155. And I'm trying. Oh, uh, Padres plus 142. That's all I got. I'm going to the Dodger game tonight, so I got to have some action on that. But Must. nothing there yet. Red Sox minus 155. And the Padres plus one forty-two. Um, yeah, Musgrove Burns, good matchup today. Musgrove Burns at uh, that one at uh, where's that? That's at Milwaukee today. Uh, Milwaukee obviously struggling with their uh, starting staff in terms of injuries. So Padres, that's a uh, eight ten Eastern, five ten Pacific start in Milwaukee, and then uh, Red Sox at the Oakland Athletics six forty. Uh, Pacific 940, uh, excuse me, 640, uh, pardon me, yes, 940 Eastern, 640 Pacific. So Red Sox and Padres, those are the two plays? Yep, that's all I got today. Surprisingly right. uh, lo- long card, not a lot of bets, though. And you can pretty much guarantee no uh, no, no runs will be scored first inning wagers from Jason today. Pretty much a guarantee. Disgusted with myself for that still. I'll be fading. <laughs> I'm just going to start blindly fading all the people who write no score columns every day. Maybe I'll keep track of it. What a strange yeah. little cottage industry that has, you know, sprouted up. Fraud is a, a very famous industry, though. This is nothing, nothing new in gambling or life. Or life. It's as old as it gets. Thank you, Jason. Great talking to you, man. Thanks for having me. Good luck with tennis. I'll talk to you after the show. Thank you, brother. Uh, coming back. With Vinny Maliulo on the other side, Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.